0: Our local cable television station, QAC TV7. This meeting is also being streamed live over the internet at qac.org/live. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review. Our scheduled public sessions. We acknowledge your participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. The scheduled agenda is available on the information table just outside of our meeting room. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak you must sign the sheet on the information table outside. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the Commissioner's review. During the meeting, we would ask that you turn all electronic devices off and hold personal conversations outside of the meeting room. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by (coughs) Commission President Jim Moran.
1: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If we can remain standing for the tragic loss of life and Florida at the military base. Thank you very much. Okay.
0: Commissioners, we had a closed session to discuss boards and commissions, and commissioners made a number
1: of appointments to boards, which we would like to uh, announce at this time. Okay, so the Queen Anne's County Council for Children and Youth Uh, I move to appoint the following members to the Council for Children and Youth, Allison Wood, Stella Lee Colburn, and Patricia Hackelman. Second. I have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? So moved. Uh, Okay, the next one is the Board of Appeals uh, for the zoning. Uh, I I move to reappoint... Kenny Scott to a three year term and to appoint Michael Lesnowski as an alternate to a three year term on the Board of Appeals to begin January 1st, 2020 and end December 31st, 2022.
2: Second.
1: We
3: have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Just for the people where you did not say Michael Lesnowski, so they are not confused as to who we're putting on there Lesnowski. Lesnowski. Correct. Okay. Correct.
1: See, some people were confused. See, See. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like it didn't, it? yeah. You it, 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 it were like, wow, it's two jobs. Do I want me to do something? Yes, I do. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so okay, seeing that's all the
4: discussion we're going to have on that one, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. So moved. All right, Board of Building Appeals. Uh, I move to appoint, uh, it's Lenny Chakimowitz, as the alternate member to a three-year term on the Board of Building Appeals to begin January first, two 2020 and expire on December 31st, 2022. Second. We
1: have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay, we'll move on to uh, Parks and Recreation Advisory Board, the PRAB Board. I move to uh, reappoint Mark Kasha and Lori Dazzle to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board to begin January 1, 2020, and expire December 31st, 2023. And I also move to appoint Lee Darrell Dillon to fill out an unexpired term on the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board to begin immediately and expire December 31st of 2020. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Uh, The Planning Commission. I move to reappoint Jeff Reese, to a four excuse me five year term on the planning commission to begin January 1 2020 and end December 31st 2023 and i move to appoint Ted Baxter Baker Baker excuse me to the thank you the planning commission for a five year term to begin January 1 2020 and end December 31st 20 that should be 24 both of these are wrong Yep, 24, because 24. they're right. five years. You're right, 24. Yep. So, 24. so both those end in 2024. 24, that's correct. Second. So we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. And that's all we have. County attorney. We have to do County that. attorney. Okay. Okay, please. okay, I move to reappoint Patrick Thompson. Uh, county Attorney for a, a, an additional year, ended December 31st of 2020.
3: Second.
1: Have a motion in a second. Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. There you go. You get everything, Margie? Get
5: <clears voice throat> president and Vice President.
1: Oh, somebody can make a motion for that, I guess.
6: Um, well, motion, I don't, we motion. don't need a
7: motion. There's no change. What?
1: Only if there was a change. There's no change, so
7: okay. We just okay.
6: Go
1: on. Yeah, just one now. Okay. There's no change, so I, I will. President, vice president, remain the same. Thank you. There we go. All right. Moving on. Okay. That brings us to our uh, approval
0: of our agenda today. Today's agenda for the meeting, December tenth, along with the regular and closed session minutes from your November twenty sixth meeting, were distributed electronically for your review. Are there any additions and or corrections?
1: No. No. Motion to approve then? So
4: moved. motion to approve. No. Second.
1: Uh, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? There we go. All
0: right. That brings us to our first uh, press and public comments period. Thank you for taking the time to express your views to the county commissioners during this public comment period. Comments are limited to three minutes in length. Comments longer than three minutes should be submitted in writing. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone State states your name, address, and topic of interest. Keeping with the dignity of the office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. This commission respects your desire and right to convey your message freely. We ask as a courtesy to the board and our citizens that you respect the commissioner's request and refrain from naming citizens and or name-calling when offering any critique.
6: If anyone trying to Nice yes, time.
1: we we do have we have one sign up. Maureen Wheatley. Yes, come on up to the microphone and.
8: Hi, I'm Maureen Wheatley. I'm the president of Kent Island Federation of Art, and I'm here on behalf of our um, membership as well as the community for thanking you guys for. Um, giving us uh, the money for the repairs that we needed to the building. Um, We've been working on, uh, we did um, get rid of one of the leaks in the building, which is good, and uh, replaced a window, um, replaced the outside um, security lights, um, things that needed to be done. Also also went over the whole electrical system in the building and um, added a couple outlets that were badly needed and fixed other ones. That were needed. Um, It's very nice inside. I I love the lighting that's inside now. We have LED lights um, and it's the daylight, so um, we might not have to paint a lighter color paint inside. It's pretty bright. So um, we really appreciate um, what you've done for us and the continuation of um, supporting the arts in Queen Anne's County. Thank you very
1: much. Thank Thank you. That's all I had signed up with. Anybody else like to speak? Mary Margaret.
5: Good evening, commissioners, and Merry Christmas. A couple of things to report to you. Uh, First of all, uh, on Friday, we will do the ground-penetrating radar out at Bloomfield, so we will hopefully find where the slave quarters were and where the original graves that apparently are still there but not any longer visible, uh, the graveyard that was marked off uh, apparently disappeared some years ago. And the second thing I wanted was to bring you, each one, your very own membership card in the Maryland Museum of Women's History, and uh, these are the only ones for free. <laughs> so so for anybody listening, how standards. much are they,
4: Mary Margaret? $50, 50 okay.
5: which is the standard for all.
1: Thank you. So
7: don't lose it.
1: Thank you, Mary Margaret. Okay. Would anybody else like to speak? Seeing none, we'll close press and public comment.
0: All right, commissioners, we can go to uh, new business. So if you'd like to turn to tab number three, item one on page one, is amendment from Dave McGlashan concerning our mosquito control user fees for this upcoming mosquito season. And we are recommending a slight increase in fees. And uh, can I get a motion on that?
6: I move to accept increase in mosquito control spraying users' fees as proposed in Exhibit B. Sir,
4: second.
1: Second. We have a motion. A second.
4: Take it away. So, give us a little little history. Little
2: history. Sure. Um, This program is uh, actually handled through the Maryland Department of Agriculture. We did it. We used to Department of Public Works. It was under the Roads Division, and uh, we ran it for years. Um, But in 2011, Maryland Department of Ag took it back over. Um, As you can see uh, by the, um, the exhibits here. We're starting to fall short. Um, our expenditures are exceeding our revenues. Uh, it's a low-cost program, uh, mainly user-funded, uh, and um, but we're at the point where um, labor, chemical costs uh, are starting to rise, and we just we need to make a, a slight adjustment to to be able to, uh, to come out equal. So tell me exactly how you're. Is the, you're not charging the homeowners? This is being charged. This is charged to the homeowners. They they have to they sign up. So they so they're requesting the the spraying? They yes. are requesting the spraying. That's correct. Yeah. All right. It's not
4: voluntary. That, you're doing that by associations. You're trying to get associations.
2: Right. That's correct. It's not. It, it's right. We try and pull everybody into like a particular community so that it can be done and handled more uh, instead of it on an individual basis. So we don't have. Um, so, what were the fees before? I mean, I see where they're, what you
1: spent before and what the expenditures were, but I don't see where what is what's the rate going to I guess that's
2: right if you look at exhibit B okay. there Five you see you, you can see in the red there, oh, okay. You're uh, right. Right. there so it it's it. so for grouping uh, obviously the more homes that are in a particular community right. the more cost effective or the, the lower the the cost is and this is a a one time cost annually for them this isn't per spray this is this is annually uh, but you can see what we're proposing here. It's a nominal increase, uh, but it's it's enough that we believe we can that we can uh, you know increase our revenues enough to to cover the expenditures. Get us back in the black. Get us back in the black. Okay.
4: So how are you gonna how are you targeting these community associations? Is there reaching out? How how you? Well, it it seems to me that that you know just in the community that I live in. I mean, we could with a email to an association president or an, uh, a, a posting on the community association Facebook page look you know if we can get 10 homes to buy in in this it's only 63 dollars and75 cents per home as opposed to 250 <coughs> if someone does it individually right absolutely and,
2: we, and that's something that that we're, we we proactively try and do to try and get people into to a grouping where it's they're not an individual because you can see the individual rate you know 250 versus you know, someone who's in a, a group of, say, 11 to 15 is at $60. Um, we've been doing it for a long time. Okay. Uh, the HOAs in these different communities are, are, are I think, very aware of, of the program that, that is offered. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them, of course, have their own, you know, HOA presidents, and, and they, you know, reach out to these folks. We do lean on them to help get the word out. This is all advertised um, and and Put on our county website um, under you know its own specific mosquito control uh, section. So we try and get the word out. Uh, MDA does a great job as far as you know notifying these folks, and you know we have you know we have we have quite a few people that, that take advantage of the program. Um, also, you know, don't not only do we just spray, um, you know, we try and head things off by you know larviciding, doing things such as that to to keep from the hatchings to you know to, to actually from occurring so we can kind of head it off there but um but yeah so it's 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 a well used uh program uh we have just we've been able to keep the rates the same for quite a few years they haven't changed I think since 2011 uh, but it's just time now that we need to to bring them up slightly very good
7: so yeah, yeah so does the state
2: have a separate mosquito uh, program uh they do not. I know they do it slightly different sometimes per county. Um, I know, like, I, th- I believe, like, Kent County, they pay per spray. Uh, they don't pay, you know, we charge a one-time fee. You know, the users chart is charged a one-time fee annually. Um, so some of the counties do it different from, I guess, administratively. Um, we're able to, to, to do it where it's, I think, more cost effective that we charge. We, it's a one-time fee for the year. But um, m- as far as Maryland Department of Ag for, for this, I don't, not, not that I'm aware of that they have a separate spray program. I was just
7: curious because there was, I remember reading a couple articles throughout this year um, here locally where uh, there have been some monarch butterfly kills and they attributed it to the mosquito spray. And I guess my point is if these, are being, if these sprays are being generated by the citizens that are mad about the monarch butterflies being killed, then maybe if there's an issue with them, then people just got to either put up with the mosquitoes or understand that that's the byproduct of what they're using, I would think. I, I just want to make the clarification. It's not the state out there spraying. These are, these are user-generated sprays. It's not the state coming out and randomly spraying. It's not the county randomly spraying. These are people paying to get the mosquito sprayed. And apparently there was, like I said, I think I read about a couple issues this year. So
2: right, there was one community um, in particular that had that where that occur, occurred, and there was a, a public information act request that was submitted. Um, the thing that I think you have to remember is that there's private companies out there doing this also.
7: Okay, and that's what I want to clarify. Yeah. It, it's right, not, you know,
2: it's like, right. So right, state has their program, but there's also people right. that you know go out on their own and get private right. companies to come in and do this. And
4: Cuto man.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you'll see some of them mosquito squad. I think is one of you know. So it, that was that was something where I think it's being looked at as who else was spraying possibly right. in in those communities at the same time. Because I'm assuming the chemicals that, the, that that are
7: used for this have been well tested against resiliency with the butterflies and all that. Knowing that, you know, this is an area with them and and other wildlife and insects that are important to the area.
2: So right. So I, I yeah right. I knew they were going back and looking again, but I know it's been from what I was told it's been tested vetted for years about you know any effects that it might have on on any other you know species very well okay
1: okay okay so we're voting on the move to accept the increase in mosquito, mosquito control spraying user fees as proposed in exhibit B all those in favor signify by saying aye aye, aye. opposed so moved thank you Thanks, right. gentlemen.
6: Thanks, Dave mm-hmm. thank you very much okay
0: all right, Commissioners, item two on page three is the uh, Next Generation 9 Consulting and Project Management Contract with Mission Critical Partners. This is a grant-funded project, so uh, I see Scott here with his team. So can I get a motion on, on that, please?
6: All right, I move to approve joining the nine counties of the Eastern Shore to select a single NG 911 provider and authorized the director and department of emergency service to execute the letter of commitment and a contract with mission critical partners to provide RFP consulting and project management in regards to the selection and implementation of NG 911 for America, Maryland's Eastern Shore public safety answering points, totaling 200 and
9: is that 95, 711.37, sir? Take it. Take it. I'll take you it. a 2nd a second. Yes, sir. Grant Scott. All right. Uh, so basically, if you remember about 12 months ago, you approved a grant-funded project for us to, for the nine counties of the eastern shore to oversee a project uh, to seek out a vendor to provide us next generation 911. We completed that project, uh, but there were some loopholes in the project that were, made it so we could not join a a single vendor for the Eastern Shore. Uh, The primary reason for that is we have one county that absolutely has to have an RFP process to select a vendor. We have uh, four additional counties, five additional counties, (coughs) who wanted to go with (coughs) one vendor and three additional counties that wanted to go with another vendor. Our problem in the selection process is we only have one vendor that that has a bona fide RFP that has been approved by another jurisdiction that we could piggyback on, so we're stuck in a corner that we could only go with one. The nine counties got together, discussed this, and what we felt was in our best interest is to continue with this consultant, uh, seek this grant, which we got approval from the numbers board on this grant uh, to do a formal RFP process. The the hook in this is the nine counties, which is part of the memo I sent to you. The nine counties have to submit a letter to the Numbers Board of commitment, so whoever wins the RFP process at the end of it, all nine counties go with that vendor. And so far, we will be the fourth county getting that signature if you approve that tonight. Very the good. goal is to kick this off January 7th for the nine counties. you anticipate the other counties are going to? every county is in the same process as as we are right now getting approval to sign off on the memo uh, to submit the memo to the numbers board and all nine counties are on board with going with this this RFP process
1: Very good Any other discussion? Okay we are moving to approve to join the nine counties of the eastern shore to select a single NG911 provider and authorize the director of the department of emergency services to execute the letter of commitment and a contract with mission-critical partners to provide RFP consulting and project management in regards to the selection and implementation of the NG-911 for Maryland's Eastern Shore public safety answering points totaling $295,711.37. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioners.
0: Our next item is a uh, National Emergency Numbers Association Excellence and Dispatch Certification courses. Mm. Can I get a motion on that? It's a mouthful.
1: Okay, we move to approve the purchase of the National Emergency Number Association Excellence and Dispatch Certific- Certificate Program for, for a total of $38,000 funded through an Emergency Number Systems Board grant. Second. Any discussion on this one? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, commissioners. Next item is item four on page number six, and
0: this is a uh, request to purchase a repeater system for Motorola for our
7: uh, volunteer fire service. I move to approve the purchase of a Motorola digital vehicular repeater system through the Maryland Department of Information Technology contract totaling
9: $92,560.
1: Tagging. We have a motion and a second. in discussion? Do you want to just uh, just
7: explain what
9: it is? I'll give you a 30,000 foot view. (laughs) So, uh, we transitioned from an 800 megahertz system to a 700 megahertz system about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, During this transition, uh, there was an area that was identified that was a little bit of a trouble area. I call it the, the triangle, like the Bermuda Triangle. That triangle encompasses an area in Queenstown, the outlets. Kinda of goes over to the emergency center and then goes down Bennett Point Road is is and also kind of, the high, the middle school too, really. And the middle school. Or
4: elementary uh, elementary school.
9: And uh, but we fixed the, the middle school issue. So basically we've got three ways to fix a radio issue. Uh, the number one way is by having a tower. We are currently in the process with the state of Maryland to build a tower in the fifty three oh one area. That is slated to happen in 20 fiscal 2023, and we put into our current budget proposal our portion to pay towards that. Um, so that's one way to fix it. A second way of fixing it is putting in bidirectional antennas or BDAs inside buildings. Uh, So in that area, we have a BDA in the emergency center, and we have a BDA in the elementary school around the corner, and that fixes the radio issues in those two buildings, but it doesn't fix the radio issues in the rest of the buildings in that area. And the outlets is probably our biggest area of concern in the area. So the third way to fix a radio issue is by these digital vehicle repeater systems. So what this does Is funnel all the radio communications from a radio into a vehicle and then the vehicle rebroadcast on a higher band out to our radio system Um, so all three systems are not perfect and the more that you have the three the better chance you are of having radio coverage in the field so what Bill's proposal is is purchasing three of these repeaters and putting them in two of the volunteer fire department vehicles and one of them in one of my supervisory units. And then what we have to do is go through and put software in each radio within the system and uh, program all the portables to work off of this is kind of the summary of this. These
2: DBRs will also work in other trouble spots throughout the county. That's why we're putting one in the DES Chiefs vehicle, because um, like, if, if we have a spot up north, we can... Try it, and if that works, then we're not set to one tower in one area. Wherever this vehicle goes, it can help with the repeater
9: system. So that's why we're looking in this this direction. So unfortunately, there isn't one solution that fixes everything, right? And we need multiple solutions to fix everything. Um, but the but the end the end game is radio, uh,
7: the ability to have radio communication. Yes, in an emergency. In an emergency, is of the utmost importance. Yes, mm-hmm. so.
4: Take the vote. <laughs> and this is, so this, this cost of 92560 is three of these repeaters?
9: Three it's, of the repeaters and it's, all it's, the That's programming
4: understood. all the radios. That's the big chunk of this.
9: Yeah. Every single radio in a car has got to be reprogrammed. For the it. software, what you got to look at is the, the radios are basically a PC. So we have to buy software for each radio to gotcha. load into the radios. The equipment itself
2: is about thirteen five
9: per vehicle. And the nice part is if this works
2: and we add them add some more next year. We don't have to buy the software again. All right. we have to do is buy the the repeaters themselves that go in the vehicles. So the this
7: upfront cost is the most expensive. Literally you can do six more vehicles for what we're paying to have the
1: radios.
4: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But obviously, the most important thing in a rural county like ours is the coverage. So. Mm-hmm.
1: <coughs> Especially when Very my good. house sits in the middle of the triangle.
9: You're right in the triangle. <laughs> so that, that might be a good
3: location for that tower. Yeah. Right? Put up, it's a brand, great little spot right there in the corner on that back lawn. Yep. Yeah, that's
4: right. <laughs> but I think he
9: signed that, and he just doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right? coming. <laughs> pretty quick at getting you to sign paper.
1: All righty. All right. So we're approving the purchase of a Motorola digital vehicular repeater system through the Maryland Department of Information and Technology contract, totaling ninety-two thousand five hundred and sixty dollars. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. Thank
9: you very much. Thank you very Thank much. You very much. Yep, appreciate Thank it. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: All right, commissioners. Item number five, beginning on page seven, is a uh, 2020 Census grant program agreement, and this is, gives us a. Uh, $20,000 for advertising expenses for the upcoming 2020 census. i get a motion
7: on that. I move to sign the grant agreement and request for disbursement form for the FY 2020 Maryland
1: Census Grant. Second. We have a motion and a second. Discussion. Beth, I take it this is your responsibility. This is. So you are <laughs> handling the, out, the public outreach for the census coming up.
10: Yeah, so... And
1: why don't you give a brief just how we're doing this and what, what this entails. And why it's important Yes, that we get the right numbers.
10: So for the first time ever, we're going to be able to answer the census online. So that's a new thing for uh, for this year. Online, by phone, and by mail. And uh, so all of the counties have been given the opportunity to receive grant funding to be able to put information out to our residents to let them know how important it is and all the different ways that they can respond Um, They estimate that for every person that doesn't answer the census, we lose about $18,000 of funding over 10 years. Um, I I couldn't get a solid number from the state on what we lost from the last 10 years, but they said that our rate was around 76% is how many people they estimated answered the census from our county in 2010. So you can kind of... (coughs) <coughs> that's a big chunk of money that we could be losing in funding. and
4: it's, 76% did or did not? They did. They did. They did. Okay. But
10: even that small percentage, that's a lot of money for us to lose in funding for a small county. Um, and it affects everything 18, from schools per, citizen per, per citizen, service, man, person. Per person. Yeah. yeah, per person. So, and that affects our emergency services, our schools, any program you can possibly think of. Goes and runs back to census data, so they have uh, given us the opportunity to get some grant funding to help us promote. So we're using a, a approach to make sure that we reach everybody and let them know how they can answer the census. Wow, mm.
11: that's very One good. Million
1: now.
10: It's, oh, it's a lot of all, money.
1: Are you doing this all by yourself, we got, or how many?
10: We have, a, we have a committee, a complete count committee. The if there's years. anybody from the community wow. that would like to be part of it, they can reach out to me and be part of it. Um, right now we have most county departments are part of it. Our libraries are a big partner, Chamber of Commerce, um, the schools. So anyone that would like to help us uh, reach the community, any community leaders, community members.
1: Are you doing any door-to-door, any...
10: Um, the census is hiring, so mm-hmm. right now we're uh, promoting the jobs that they're hiring within our community. They do start at 18.50 an hour. We're having a job event tomorrow night at the Centerville Library from 6:30 to 8, and there'll there will be census folks there processing the applications, there to answer your questions. So that's kind of our first step is the job outreach, and they're hiring Queen Anne's County citizens to do these jobs. They'll run from January, February until about July. Mm.
7: And that's when it wraps up the end of July.
10: Yeah, it wraps up the end of July, and we'll be able to start answering the census um, in the middle of March.
6: Are these part time or forty hour a weeker? Or-
10: they can be either. They have mm. they have a variety of positions, is yeah. what they've told us. Great. Yeah. But it's temporary. But but it is could be full time, part time. Yeah. So come um. out and see us tomorrow night at the library.
1: Very good. Okay. Be counted. So we are moving to sign the grant agreement and request for disbursement form for the FY 2020 Maryland Census Grant. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Beth. Yep, and I want to thank
0: Beth. She has taken the lead on this project. She's done an excellent job, and you'll be seeing uh, information about the census on billboards and on the radio stations. And everywhere. Everywhere in the, ne- in the coming, coming weeks and months. So. <laughs> thanks, Beth. Oh, thank All right, Commissioner, it's item 6. On page 28 is, uh, I promise you, this is the last two mm-hmm. property liens for um, nuisance violations for high grass and grass cutting from our zoning administrator. You said the last meeting was the last I know. <laughs> she promised me. Now, this he
4: can't it. control that.
0: <laughs> Can I get a motion on that, please?
6: What? I, okay. I move to approve resolution uh, 1040 and 1050 to place a lien on the properties. Uh Listed in the county zoning administrator's memorandum dated December 10th, 2019, for nuisance violations. Second.
1: We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye.
11: aye. aye.
1: Opposed? So moved. Thank you, commissioners. Item 7 on page 53
0: is a draft letter of intent to participate in the Mouth Matching Funds Program for 2020 from uh, Don Landis Smith. I move to approve the letter of intent to
1: participate in the matching funds program. Second. you have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Yes,
0: okay. Item eight on page fifty-five is budget amendment CC twelve for the office of the sheriff's Dare grant for the Dare officer for the public schools.
1: Motion to approve CC-12.
4: <clears throat> second.
1: We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay. Thank you, commissioners.
0: Item 9 on page 56 is budget amendment CC-13 for the Heritage and Visitor Center. This is a, an amendment that establishes budget authority for uh, the Chesapeake Heritage Visitor Center lobby renovation project. And we did get 50000 in grant funds
1: for that. Motion to approve CC13. I'll second that. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion?
3: I, 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 oh, yeah, I do. Right. I, I would like to see, um, respectively, of what happens with this vote, that we look at the impact the visitor center really has. Um, are visitor centers really something that helped develop the tourism in the county, or are they a vestige of the past? Are people more going onto their phones and seeing What there is, what recreation there is to do, Um, and if it is something that is still a a useful center to have, give some thought to: do we have in the best location? Because it is the hair center is kind of tucked away, Um, and do we need to consider that at some point in the future? Is there a better location for that so we get a better impact on help and tourism? So, just my two
7: cents out there. Okay, and and I I don't disagree with that from a future look, but uh, at this point. Um, dressing up the lobby now to pr- make it look a little bit more, I guess, uh, modern Most in detailed. terms of yeah, electronic stuff there and more touchy-feely stuff in terms, you know, for people to find things to do makes sense now. But I, I, I agree with Commissioner Corcorino that it's something we should look at for the next uh, three to five years to relocate it to something that, uh, you know, is more accessible, easily accessible for the general public and um, – be able to house our economic development and tourism and, and things like that all in the same building. So,
4: and a lot of this stuff that we end up purchasing to bring us into the 21st century could can move to a new location anyway. It
7: could. I mean, there's an, yes, oh, sure, absolutely.
4: Sure.
1: Yeah. all right. Seeing no further discussion, we have a motion and a second on uh, budget amendment CC13. All those in favor, signify by saying "aye." Aye. aye. Opposed. Opposed. Two opposed. And no abstentions.
0: All righty. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number 10 on page 57 is budget amendment CC14. This is for uh, the detention center equipment. They wanted to um, do a budget amendment to purchase some bulletproof vests, and they do have uh, uh, a $9,949 grant for that. And uh, they had to pull in $10,051 to
4: match that for that purchase. Bulletproof vests at the detention center? Yeah. Are we carrying our correctional officers carrying firearms?
0: Some of them do. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The Montos. Yeah.
4: Are they? Yeah.
1: Detainees.
6: I'm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I never. Well, nobody they, brought this up to me, so I don't know anything about it.
1: The detainees shouldn't have them. Interesting. I think we banned
3: the detainees from having weapons. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. Would
1: anybody like to make a motion? I move to approve budget amendment CC fourteen, and I'll second that. So we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Uh, is uh, well, okay. Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 That's our new. Was that or seven? Or seven? That's the ripple effect. <laughs> we, did, so we, did, oh. we just did the eye wave. That's, right. <laughs> so that's the, the eye
7: wave.
6: Word.
0: All right, Commissioners. Uh, budget Amendment uh, CC15. This is item number 11 on page 58. Uh, this is the uh, budget amendment for the Community Affairs 2020 Census Grant Program we just discussed with uh, with BEP to recognize this
1: grant revenue. Motion to approve CC15. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: All right, Commissioners, we have two desk items. Uh, the first one, item number 12, is from uh, uh, Jody Schultz, chairman of the Cantonaire's Development Fund, asking for a draw on Fund 570 for the Cantonaire's Foundation. I move to approve the Cantonaire's Development Foundation's
3: request to withdraw $35,000 from the 570 funds to cover general
4: administrative costs. Second.
1: We have a motion and a second. Uh, any discussion? Jonathan, why are we, why do we hold this fund? Why aren't we just giving it to them and letting them deal with it? Because it is the money from their special taxing district?
12: Yeah, the county collects the money, you know, from the taxing district. So it's like property tax that we collect. So we set up a fund, this county fund,
1: that's in our financial records. So why, that's what I'm saying. So why why don't we just... Whatever's collected. Okay, just why don't we just, whatever we collect, transfer it at the end of the year to their account instead of them having to come to us and ask us for the money? Because we don't use it for no- anything else except for the arrow and we distribute the money to them. But we
7: have to approve um, it because it's a fund yeah, transfer. Yeah,
1: uh, we could do that. I think what we were
12: talking about doing was trying to address that in the upcoming budget. Okay, okay, that's fine. That, that, I'm
7: good with that. Yep. Okay. Right, so so instead of doing, doing a fund transfer, just do it as directly goes to their account. Yeah,
12: I mean, they basically now they have to ask the money, and then they put it in their checking account, but it could just be there for them. Right.
1: Okay. So we'll look at it during the budget cycle.
3: Yeah. Very
1: good. For this one, we'll approve approve it.
4: For this one, we'll approve it. Correct.
1: Right. Jonathan,
3: just for the folks who are watching who are not familiar with how this this tax money is coming from property taxes, from sales in the Kent Narrows specifically. Yeah, there there is a tax
12: rate for businesses that were established in the Kent Narrows, District, so the businesses in that area have really a, a special tax, which is, I think, seven cents. Yeah. And so they pay, and we bring in about $35,000 a year um, just from those businesses, and that's the money that goes into that fund.
3: Right, and then that money goes to the Narrows Development Foundation yes. to help build more business in that area and, and drive more revenue.
12: And pay- yes, yes. Right. and just deal and with pay- what so. are their right. expenses. Right. 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 Very right. good. Okay,
1: so we have a, All right, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, a motion to approve the Arrows Development Foundation's request to withdraw $35,000 from the 570 funds to cover general administrative costs. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, Commissioners,
0: our last item, item 13 on your desk as well, is a letter to the new incoming secretary of the Maryland Department of Transportation, Greg Slater.
7: Motion to sign the uh, letter to incoming secretary of transportation, Greg Slater. Second. We have a motion and a second. (laughs) I'm not
4: sure if he wants that job.
1: (laughs) But but, but we need to suck up to the right people, so we need Uh, to. That's right. So we have a motion second. and a second. Any further discussion? Seeing <laughs> none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. aye.
7: aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
0: That uh, That's all we had for action items to, uh, tonight. If you want to turn to tab number seven, we have two public hearings. And I'll ask uh, County Attorney Patrick Thompson to come on.
1: come on up. Ready?
6: <laughs>
11: On November 18, 2019, Commissioner Moran introduced County Ordinance 1918, oh. <laughs> a bill entitled okay. "An Act Concerning yeah, revisions of Chapter 22 of the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County Parks and Recreation. For the purpose of revising and updating Chapter 22 of the Code of Public Local Laws, correcting the name of the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board, Revising the term of office of board members. Providing for a secretary to the board. Revising the provisions respecting the annual budget and report of the board and its budget recommendations. Clarifying the qualifications of the director of park and recreation. Providing for adoption of regulation by the county commissioner of Queen Anne's County. Providing for approval and permits in connection with the issuance of certain licenses. Eliminating the code of conduct review board prohibiting gas containers in all county parks and facilities, clarifying the provision on the use of metal detectors and digging in county parks and on the use of drones, providing for permits for use of artificial turf fields, providing for use of grills and stoves in county parks, prohibiting the use of tobacco products, providing for the lack of lifeguards in county parks, providing for use of documented service animals, clarifying provisional regulation of traffic, parking of large trucks and buses, and parking in fire lane and loading areas, revising and updating the provisions on rental and permit fees, and generally revising and updating the provisions of Chapter 2 of the Code of Public Local Laws by repealing and readopting Chapter 22. This hearing is being held Tuesday, December 10, 2019, at 6 p.m., in the county commissioner's meeting room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland, copies of the proposed ordinance have been available at the county commissioner's office during regular business hours and online at the county website. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each, written testimony, any length may be submitted on before the hearing date to the county commissioner's. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign language interpreters and assistive listening systems are available. For the record of this proceeding will be a certificate of publication in the case of notice of night's hearings are published in the Queen Anne Record Observer and Canal Bay Times, both newspapers of general circulation in Queen Anne's County. No one
5: signed
11: up. No one signed up. Is there anyone here who has any comment with respect to County Ordinance 1918?
1: Seeing none, we'll plo- close the public comment.
11: Go on to the next one? Yes, sir. All right. that was just the the
5: next one just Okay.
11: The <coughs> on November 26, 2019, uh, Commissioner Jay Wilson introduced County Ordinance 1919, a bill entitled and Act concerning holiday leave for county employees. For the purpose of revising the provisions regarding the holiday leave for Penny's <coughs> County employees. Correcting the typographical error, providing the office of the sheriff the option of providing a holiday leave accrual bank, providing for proration of holiday leave for new full-time employees, providing for for coordination and approval of holiday leave, providing for no carryover of holiday leave, providing for the loss of holiday leave upon termination of employment, and generally revising an updating provision on holiday leave for county employees. By amending Section 2789 of the Code of Public Local Law of Queen Anne's County, this hearing is being held Tuesday, December 10, 2019, at 6:05 p.m. in the County Commissioner's Meeting Room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Central Maryland. Copies of the ordinance are available at the County Commissioner's Office prior to the hearing during normal business hours and online on the county website. Speakers were limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length may be submitted on or before the hearing day to the county commissioners. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign language interpreters and assistive listening systems are available for individuals with disabilities. Notice of tonight's hearing was posted on the bulletin Board in the vicinity of the county commissioners meeting room. I think anybody signed up for this either. Anybody here has any comment with respect to county ordinance nineteen?
1: We will close public comment on nineteen nineteen.
0: That's all we had, Patrick. Right. So we will. Uh, you want to vote on those two um, hearings at the next meeting? Be, be yeah. The first meeting in January. Correct. With our next meeting, the uh, January fourteenth, I believe works for me okay yeah. that sounds good that concludes uh all the business for tonight and our hearings we can move into our um <coughs> public comments section mm-hmm. if you like
1: yes sir you read this yeah uh well nobody signed up is there, so anybody, anybody here you? want to speak this evening no, so we'll spare Todd the okay. All right. the anguish of, of reading that right. uh, tongue twister there he has. That's we'll fair go fair. right into round table and we'll start with Mr. Wilson. The junior. Okay, I was gonna
7: say we've got bookends here, so I hear you. He's <laughs> you the got, you gotta look one way or the other if you can get All that. right. Um, so Let's see where to start. Oh, first and foremost, I want to thank, as you saw at the beginning of the meeting, we had a lot of uh, votes on people uh, going in and serving on new boards and commissions this coming year. And i tell you, um, a lot of these commissions and boards, uh, they're an advisory capacity to the commissioners, and and we appreciate all the time and effort that people put in because they put in, in on their own time and their own efforts, and they come with the best interest of the community in mind when they serve on them. And it's, it's great to see that we're getting a lot more candidates for the different boards. And I encourage everybody to come out if you want to be a part of the community in a positive way, uh, besides Facebook, and actually be <laughs> able to um, steer the way things go in the county. Uh, these boards and commissions are a great place to start, whether it's uh, with the DSS board or the Parks and Recs board. or um, We have 8, 10, 12, 14 boards now, so I think it's uh, uh, something that if you have some spare time, your county would appreciate it. So... Again, thank you to everybody that does serve and to everybody that's going to serve in the future on those. Um, next, had the, uh, the opportunity to attend the Make a Winter Conference last week for three days. Um, obviously, the topic of conversation that took up most of the conference was the Kerwin Commission's recommendations and the funding formulas and all that good stuff. Um, we have, and I guess we're going to probably do it towards the end, we're going to do a little brief presentation on those right numbers. Now? You want to do it yeah, now? Yeah, no, that's still okay. Good. Jonathan, you want to put that up? So we had um, in and for most of you don't know I I served on the Kerwin Commission in the last four meetings the budget phase of the me- of the current Commission and it was and I and I, ultimately I voted against the recommendations um, not so much for Queen Anne's County because as you may may not be able to see on this board up here yet Queen Anne's County really uh in terms of long-term um, additional spending to above what we're doing presently uh we don't have that we're, we kinda, we kind of we I guess we got vindicated in this process because basically it came around and said, Queen Anne's County, you're doing a good job of funding your board of education at the levels that would be needed to meet the Kerwin requirements. Um, so what you're looking up here at up here on the board is the, in the red, and I thank Commissioner Moran for pointing out that we should put it in two different colors so we can understand it a little better. Um, in the red, if you look um, across the uh, middle line there, where you start out with the 600000 and $1.2 one point. That's basically what the county's portion uh, that will go in year over year for the 10 years of Kerwin. Um, and right now we basically are uh, mandated to put in an additional $1.6 to $1.7 million a year because of what is existing in the Thornton formula called an escalator. Um, so it's really not a big hit for the county. They actually did Queen Anne's County out if we continued the way we were and there was a difference of about $300,000 to what we're required to. So again, we're, we're vindicated as commissioners now and in the past that we have uh, definitely supported our Board of Education in terms of funding. Now the next lines, the green lines, are the ones that uh, specifically incur and benefit Queen Anne's County. Um, traditionally we have been, and I, I don't want to use the word slighted, but we've been slighted by the state in terms of what we get back here for education. So if you look at that, uh, over the next 10 years, we will have an additional uh, 27.2 million pumped into our local education here from the state. Now that all sounds good, and 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 it is great if it works for Queen Anne's County. The problem is, and where our fear is, even as commissioners sitting up here with nothing, saying that Queen Anne's County is going to get killed by Kerwin, is the state's got to make that commitment, and they've got to keep that commitment. And, uh, again, if you've sat up here in these seats or if you're a council person or a commissioner or anywhere else in the state, th- there's, there's history that's shown that the state sometimes doesn't always keep their commitments in terms of uh, passing revenue on to the counties. Um, as recently as 2011 and uh, 2013, I guess it was, we were hit with the highway user revenue cuts, um, the teachers' pensions coming back to the counties, as ways for the uh, state to do uh, cost-cutting, but at the expense of the county budgets. So that's a fear we still have here as commissioners, and it it keeps us, I guess, cautiously optimistic as to what the outcomes will be from this and how they may affect the uh, economy of Queen Anne's County going forward. And now I will say too, and this is numbers, and I thank Jonathan Seaman for all his efforts on this, putting these together. Um, These numbers are really, and I gotta say, preliminary because this is what the commission has established as of today. But this is gonna now be uh, (coughs) thrown into the uh, boiling kettle we call Annapolis, um, and they're going to put all their little add ins with uh, whatever potatoes, carrots, and beef they wanna add, and and what we get out for a stew, we're really not gonna know until sometime in April. But uh, all in all, like I said, for Queen Anne's County, this is this is not the death blow it could have been. Um, but I will say for other counties, it, it certainly does not look as favorable as it does for us. So um, I'm going to say that's it because I'm t- done with Kerwin until next year. All right. <laughs> that- well, I'm going
1: to I'm going to add a little bit on that, Kerwin. Mike, pull that back up again, please. It's a- so yeah. So when at home when you're looking at this, FY20 is the year we're in right now and. The county's portion is 59.5 million. The state's is 36 million. You look all the way at the bottom of that column, and their budget is 102 million. FY21 is already set in stone. Uh, this was voted on last year, correct, Jack? Yes. So FY21, the, the budget we will be working on here in a couple months, we will be giving the Board of Ed an additional 2.1 million. The state will be given an additional 3.4 million, pushing their budget to 107.5 million. So in one year, their budget's going to jump five and a half million dollars uh, to Board of Ed. So the bottom number at the totals you can actually follow along and see how their budget will grow if this stays the way it is. And that's that's all we wanted to show the public is the way it's laid out right now. Uh, FY 22 will be giving an additional six hundred thousand jumps our portion to sixty two point two, then $1.2 to sixty three four to one point two sixty four five, and so on. So people can see. Exactly what you know the commitment is and and what the county will be paying to the Kerwin and like Jack I, I want to thank him for all his work in dealing with the Kerwin Commission because they speak a little bit different language than Jack does so uh, I, I'm you know're extremely lucky to have him that sat on the board and to bring these numbers uh, back to the county for us to and you're right we we hope that it does end up this way and it doesn't get convoluted or dragged into some kind of war but uh you, you know, the Kerwin Commission only opens. You know, they think it solves one problem, but actually, it, it sheds light on multiple problems. As we met with the Board of Ed today, everything from pensions to salary compression, and and uh, what it does to the rest of the county employees with, uh, you know, raises. So, it's 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 not the end all. It's more like the beginning of all. So, we shall see how that goes. you Got anything else?
7: Nope. Yes, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. That's right, from last meeting. Merry Christmas and Happy
1: New Year to all, and we'll see you on the uh, other side. So. And you won't be here for the next? I will not be here for the next meeting. So we won't see you to the end of January? Correct. Okay. I will be thinking of all of you. There you go. Thank you. Mr. William, the senior statesman.
6: Sir, well, my multiple departments, which I Count Sheep at, we will start at the airport where deer have been running around the end of the fence onto the runway, perhaps practicing flight for Christmas? Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> coach, we've, yeah. been, we've been bussing those deer from Conquest down to the airport.
6: Here. It's <laughs> a little tight to Conquest. We can loan you a few more.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we can, know that that's the training ground for Santa's deer. <laughs> exactly. Ireland, right.
6: yeah.
7: Well, now they do, Chris.
6: So on the subject of animals. It is a remarkable fact that, in our animal facility, a fact which I reported to you two days ago, I guess um we now have only seven dogs. We have been usually overrun with animals for since the beginning of history, and that the adoption efforts have worked so magnificently but the economy foot traffic we don't know just what it is but we've gone from our usual count of 30 or more animals down to seven and i think 50 cats or something instead of some, once 300 so big change let's keep it that way we're doing our best so ramona's but, doing a great body job it there. is They're coming in, I've checked, it's not that they're not coming in. Mm -hmm. They're coming in, but they're getting picked up and adopted at a rate unheard of in modern times. Uh, Number three item I have at the detention center, where you following the numbers, we are now down to under 70 prisoners, which I think is going to have ramifications for the size we built this at, and I hope substantial changes in what the eventual budget, what we build that at as, but that is forthcoming, but it's just noteworthy that the different effects of kind of state legislation and some changes with our judges perhaps that one thing and another has affected the count out there and it's very reduced from what it once was.
7: Steve, while you're on that subject there real quick question so um, have you or do you know uh, obviously our prison our detention center was built many years ago and and I know when we did the new courthouse there was a lot of guidelines that drove the price up in terms of like you got to have a bathroom in every cell and that kind of, is that is is are those similar guidelines in place for detention centers which are will drive the price up based on your population and you know for amenities and that kind of thing do, do you know that is it kind of a parallel or is it
6: there, yes, the answer is yes, but but with complication because there's no there's no known number of what the next size ought to be. So that started out being since a year ago we'd been running 125 on average for a long time. That the thought was somewhere between 150 and 200, and when we got down to 100. I began contemplating 150, but now these new numbers suggest maybe that may be on the fat side. So with that, you would want to assume probably that that it isn't going to reduce the core a lot because we need to expand the core for sure, but it's going to expand the wings of, of, of beds. So that, I hope, is going to I mean, this this number went from seven up to twenty million, and I hope it's coming back down to under fifteen. I, I mean, I, any number is silly for me to say, but we will get into this in due course. And uh,
1: well, we've gone through the study, correct? We've already done the study. Yes. And We're on with the architecturals and engineering. Yes. Yes. So, what are they what are they drawing for now? They well,
6: that's the point. I mean, we are going to meet with them, and they're gonna they're gonna say, well, according to the study, but. The numbers have changed so enormously since... So we're
1: not, what I'm getting at is they're, they're not already drawing for the nope. study portion. No, okay, that, good, good, good.
6: You remember me saying we, we needed the input into right. this because I thought something was... Good, okay.
7: okay. So what is your number now? In your I mean, what, what number are you thinking now? Or,
6: it, it, I mean, for me to make a guess, I would say between 120 and 150. I can't say, but you need to be bigger than where we are. But as I said, let's say we had been at 100, do we build for something that's 50% more than we're carrying? More sensible would be to build a core with the capacity to expand, on, but not right. build it much bigger than you need to build it, but don't build the damn core too small because then you don't have that adjustability in the future.
7: What a problem well, we got with the kitchen over there now in terms yeah, of capacity I mean, and stuff.
6: Yeah, the over there now, it's just not right. workable. But anyway, <clears throat> I think that what it does is, is give us the capacity, maybe, to knock quite a few million, you know, three, four, five million off what, well, our portion of it would be two or three or four million. But as, as uh, our esteemed budget director will tell you, we're crawling into a space where our debt is getting pretty near the max in a couple of years, and I would love to keep that underneath the lid as would everyone else.
1: Yep. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Commissioner Dumano.
4: Well, on a happier note. (laughs) That's happy. (laughs) On a happier note. um, There are um, several organizations out there that that I know that our citizens of Queen Anne's County are aware of. Programs like Adopt-a-Bear or Toys for Tots. I mean, this is obviously the time of year that is a big deal for kids um, and, and they're like every year in our county, there are uh, families that are less fortunate and these kids aren't going to have Christmases. So, when you see an adoptive bear program or you see a box that says Toys for Tots on it, um, it's not too late to get involved and and go shopping for um, uh, a young boy or young girl in this county that would, if it wasn't for your efforts, would normally not have a Christmas. And then, on that note, Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy New Year's. There you
1: go, Commissioner Corcarina.
3: Um, Todd, have we sent the proposed legislation to the delegation yet, or do we need to make a motion, or can we just send that? We have not. We have not sent that to the the delegate. You mean for the the, Route 18? 18. Route 18. We have not. Okay. Do we need to make a motion, or can we just do that? We can just do that, yeah. Okay. So we have some draft legislation that we're going to send to our delegation. Um, So in the transportation code currently, um, there is a provision that allows a local authority to regulate and restrict – roads under certain circumstances. Um, we think that some some of the events that we have with our bridge traffic triggers that, but we want to make that a little bit clearer. So we have some more specific legislation that we've drafted that we're going to send to the delegation. Commissioner Wilson and myself, um, at Mako, talked with the senator, talked with the delegate. We talked with the governor's chief legislative uh, officer. Um, not everybody has you know committed to... The delegates and the senator committed to helping us with this. Not everybody else has, has yet given us their view on it, but we're going to send that out there to get some support uh, from the state, from the General Assembly, so that we can have more firm law in our place to help control these side roads in the summertime. So that will be going out. Uh, General Assembly starts up soon, so we're going to get it out to them. Hopefully that will help. Um, arrest some of that traffic from the side roads so that um, our citizens, um, our emergency services can get around, our citizens can get around, um, and it, it will be, as you've said before, Commissioner Moran, you know, a work in progress on, on how we're implementing it and getting it going. But uh, all, most of what is in this legislation, i got to say, is is um, based on the plan that you had already developed with the breach-to-bridge bridge plan to or the beach to bridge plan um, and trying to put a little bit more behind it. So let's hope we can Get some relief for the people with that um, another thing there was um, this past weekend we had SantaCon and it struck me that of the four not-for-profits that were supporting this three of them were started um, by families that lost a child um, and they took that challenging horrific event and they they decided they were going to do something not only for their own child's legacy but just to arise from that tragedy and I think that's quite a remarkable thing so thank you to the uh, Rosella families, the Reno family, uh, and the Sloan family for doing that. You are, um, I think, a, a tremendous example to the community um, and uh, everybody out there. If if there's somebody who lives near you who lost a loved one this year, be it a kid or a spouse, just remember Christmas time to just check in on them and see how they're doing. So Merry
1: Christmas, everybody. Very good. Okay, well I'm going to start off with the uh, with the traffic because uh, mm-hmm. you know we. I guess I it wouldn't be. would be a meeting if I didn't. So <laughs> I was just going to say. So you know, I, I guess I, I I just like to tell the citizens of Queen Anne's County, uh, the traffic you see today, the traffic you see this week, next week, the rest of December, January, February, March, that is Queen Anne's County, Talbot, Caroline, uh, and Kent County commuter traffic. That's the traffic we see, and going to the work every morning across the bridge, like most of the commissioners here. There has been no backups for two lanes. So, you know, Jack reiterated earlier about Facebook. You know, people get on Facebook and development and traffic, and and it's, it's just not the case. I mean, you know, this is what you see now is Queen Anne's County. It's cold, it's wet, nobody's going to the beaches anymore, and this is capacity is there. The problem we're facing is when the weather gets warm, The capacity is no longer there because the numbers just explode, and uh, we are counting the numbers. So, you know, I just I want people to just reflect on that and understand, you know what what's going on. And it's it's not Queen Anne's County's traffic; it's the state of Maryland's traffic, and we are doing everything we can to keep it off the side roads so that people can move around. And and with that being said, you know, the the brag started back up, uh, the Bay Bridge Advisory Group, and Commissioner Wilson sits on it, and you know, there's there's conversations there about the uh, electronic tolling. I believe you told me that the state is getting ready to, uh, they're fast tracking. They're not even putting it out for an RFP. They're going with one contractor, uh, my understanding, and they're going to put up electronic tolling for the eastbound span. So when you come off the eastbound bridge uh, heading east, you'll pass right underneath the, the gantries, just keep on sailing, and it'll read your pl- plates, and you'll read your easy pass, and it'll send you a bill. And as soon as they get that up and operational, they'll send a contract out, and they'll demolish the toll booths. So all that's happening, you know, within a calendar year. All that's going to go on within a calendar year, and, and I'm grateful for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's long overdue. I, I know that the state loses money when they go to electronic tolling because some people just don't pay the bill. I know for a fact that the Bay Bridge is the biggest hit that they take, and they've got over $100 million in uncollected tolls just from the Bay Bridge. I mean, that's staggering to me, but that's laws that they need to work with other states and and get some uh, some help with that where they can enforce it, but, you know, that's that's not a whole nother story. What I am concerned about is the fact that the question was raised, what about westbound? Mm-hmm. What about the gantry westbound collecting tolls? And that's nowhere...
6: Huh? I I think we ought to get Mr. Cahoon in here because I understood they were letting the contract right now for the westbound and that was the first coming on and it will be coming on within six months
1: Well, the email that I received is it's eastbound yeah. that's coming on in six months Is that? That's correct, I mean, yeah And there's I no yeah. Right, so there's no right now there's no plans for westbound and I just I, I would encourage yeah. the state to look at that because As we all way to
4: pick up the revenue they're losing. Well, that's people not paying eastbound.
1: Well, not only that, we all we uh, Chris and myself and Jack uh, and Todd and Steve Cahoon sat through a meeting last Wednesday with MDTA at Mako, and we were looking for that light at the end of the tunnel, and there was no such light. I mean, it's just it was depressing to know that this Phase One NEPA will be done by 2021. Phase 2 NEPA is another five years. Uh, it's another five years if it gets funded. It's another five years if the incoming governor wants to continue with it. Uh, and then when that's done, then goes the rest of the engineering and funding and, and construction. So we are looking at 12, probably 12 years. I, I, and one of the things they talked about, the Nice Bridge, nice, nice Bridge over, over the Potomac River on 301, that was slated, when I say slated, they finally said, we're building a new bridge in 04. Yep. And that bridge is just now finishing its, it's, uh, it, it's a RFP for design build. Gotcha. So it's at least another two to three years away before that's done. And that started in 04, and that's just a two-lane bridge each direction. So our project at the Bay Bridge is the largest project the state will ever do financially, And, you know, there's going to be pushback. And we need to stay vigilant on our push for a replacement bridge. And, you know, I just, you know, so getting back to the gantry and the westbound traffic, you know, MDTA told us right now phase two, uh, the second NEPA is not funded. It's about $30 million. Well, to me, here's, here's another revenue source that, you know, we hope that they will try to tap into with all those vehicles coming bypassing, Baltimore and heading down 301 to collect that revenue and and try to you know dedicate it dedicate that revenue for for this NEPA study I mean that to me makes sense so you know we I'm hoping we can write a letter to that stress that point and send it off to um, Secretary Slater when he gets the new job and 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 uh, Director uh, Ports you know to, to hopefully see if we can get some answers there moving forward on that so you know that's that's all I want to talk about, about the traffic. I, you know, I'm happy to see that the cones were moved from Duke Street. Again, you know, we, we, we asked for that from the beginning of the project. It never got done, never got done. And all of a lo and behold, they're, they're gone, and traffic flows nicely. So, you know, I just, you know, be patient. Uh, the weather has set in. So, like I said last time we met, it was uh, right at Thanksgiving, and, and I said there's 14 more pours, and this project will be completed. And as you can see now that the weather's in there's been no pours since the last time we met and I don't see any forthcoming uh, so it might we might have to wait all the way till the end of March or April before the pours begin again so just pray for good weather so that we can get this done and get it ready so that when that beach traffic does start we are protected and touching on the uh, beach to bridge plan I think as a county we, we should set up our task force and I think that we should look into right now Purchasing decals for the vehicles so that if we do do a plan, we're prepared to set that in motion because it's going to take a while to get 15,000 decals and design them. And, and you know, we reviewed the, the binders today. Every side road, with the exception of one or two, are owned by the state. Every access road the state owns. So we are going to – we're facing an uphill battle there, you know, with – Ownership and and who has the right to do what and that's why we are starting first with legislation, and uh, hopefully that will work. And if it doesn't, we have to have a plan ready to move forward from there. Because it, you know, I, I commend the sheriff uh, for for the Thanksgiving weekend with uh, that Sunday shutting that traffic down. And it was it was it was difficult. It was difficult because we you know that was the first time we've ever done it. And again, we need to get the barricades ready. We need to have uh, people ready in certain key locations and uh, to move forward from that. So, you know, it it is a work in progress. And the last thing I I, want to talk about real quick is the Conowingo Dam. Uh, Queen Anne's County is part of the Clean Chesapeake Coalition, and uh, we've been a part of it for over five years, and we've been paying in to have representation to clean up the Conowingo Dam because, you know, in Queen Anne's County, we take pride in the fact that we have done a lot towards our whip a lot towards clean water and taking care of our rivers, streams and only to have an event in the Northeast and the Conowingo Dam opens up and stumps, trees, trash come floating down the bay into Eastern Bay. And, and I mean, that's why all the oysters are gone. That's why the, the mussels last year uh, all died. I mean, the, the amount of fresh water that came in. So, you know, there's, the state has reached an agreement with uh, uh, Exelon for the uh, Conowingo Dam And it's going to pair out to be about $200 million over 50 years. And Queen Anne's County is working to secure some of that funding for projects here, from everything from oyster restoration, you know, hopefully to uh, opening up the Man of War Shoals for shells, and uh, hopefully for some funding for education through for Seabec. So, you know, we're working through, you know, for all these things. I mean, we're not necessarily happy about the uh, agreement, but we understand it. But it doesn't stop us from moving forward with holding a, a, a Exelon uh, responsible for the sediment behind the bridge and what they're gonna do with it. They're gonna we were told in Ocean City excuse in Cambridge at Mako that they were gonna start the dredging this month. And that's been two years in the making to get start dredging behind the dam to see or core drilling core excuse dredging. me, coring core to see dredging. what kind of soils are there and what kind of contaminants are there. So, you know, that's that's really all in the works, I just wanted to bring you up to speed on that. And the last thing I'll say is we do not have a second meeting in December. It uh, falls the day after Christmas. Is that right? Christmas, Christmas, Eve. Christmas Eve. Eve. Christmas Eve, that's Christmas right. Eve. We are closed Christmas Eve, so, you know, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And then the first meeting will be the second Tuesday in January, and Commissioner 14th. Wilson Commissioner Wilson, won't be here. He'll be he'll be out of town. Will you, will you be here? Second?
6: What, what day? January 14th. No, I won't be here. Okay, so there'll be three
1: of us. Laughing and joking, up, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to okay. show up. So, so. danger, <laughs> Yes. So I just like to say, you know wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Bill will get some stuff done on the 14th. Yes, Hugh Wilsons
3: right. won't be here dragging
1: us down. That's right.
4: <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah, all the controversial stuff we'll, we'll have to push
4: through. Well,
1: thank you very much. I take a motion to adjourn. Motion.
4: Second. Second.
1: Aye, aye aye aye. Thank you very much.